Edwards Life Sciences would like to express our gratitude for all those on the front lines of responding to this fluid situation with COVID-19. We appreciate the strong leadership and dedication of healthcare providers to patients around the world, and we express our care and concern for you during this challenging time. You're listening to Rock's Heart Radio. This month, Roxana Miran gets a preview of 2021 from Stefan Achenbach, Mitchell Elkin, Fausto Pinto, and Athena Pappas. Hello, everyone. This is Roxana Moran from Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. I'm coming to you on Rock's Heart Radio, and what a treat today. We have three leaders of the organizations that lead in cardiology, the American Heart Association president, the American College of Cardiology president, as well as the European Society of Cardiology presidents today. What a treat for me. And let me uh, introduce each and every one of them to all of you. Dr. Athena Pappas, the president of the American College of Cardiology, is the chief of cardiology and director of Cardiovascular Institute, the Lifespan Institute, Cardiovascular Institute at the Miriam and Newport Hospitals in Rhode Island. She is, of course, professor at Brown University. Dr. Mitch Elkind, president of the American Heart Association, is a tenured professor of neurology and epidemiology at Columbia University, chief of the division of Neurology, Clinical Outcomes Research, and Population Sciences in the Neurology Department. And then we have Dr. Stefan Achenbach, who is president of the European Society of Cardiology, a incredible professor, of course, of, of medicine. Professor Achenbach, he's the professor of medicine at the University of Ergonblen. Uh, did I say that right? Uh, it is pretty it... close. It's Erlangen, Roxana. But that, Erlangen, Erlangen, Erlangen yeah. in, in Germany. His incredible contributions are tremendous in cardiovascular imaging, of course, in CT, early detection of uh, coronary atherosclerosis and interventional and support of the coronary and, and cardiovascular interventional procedures. So well known. Welcome, Stefan, Athena, and Mitch. Uh, thank you for being here with me this morning. Pleasure to be here, absolutely. Thanks Excellent. for having us. Thank you. Um, so today I, I, I thought, wouldn't it be a great, great, uh, oh, and Professor Fausto Pinto. I just Thank jumped you. in, I'm sorry. Um, ah. I was trying to get through all the, the, the links you sent me and I was a little bit late, sorry. Oh, fantastic. Um, Hi, <laughs> Wonderful to have you, Professor Pinto. Uh, the um, the uh, head of uh, the president of the World Heart Federation, a fantastic, incredible educator, professor, uh, the 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 everything of uh, Professor Pinto. We're just so happy to have you uh, thank with you. us. Um, thank you for joining us um, this morning. I thought we would have a conversation about the dreaded year 2020. And you as leaders, uh, leaders of organizations uh, for heart disease in the world, the number one killer of men and women uh, globally. Uh, but we've had a different focus this year, um, with this past year in 2020 with um, COVID-19. And um, I wanted to just kind of go around and ask you to give us a little bit of a... Um, 
what it was like to lead during a pandemic. So why don't I start with, um, with Dr. Pappas. Um, you um, were an amazing, you took on the leadership in March of 2020, just when we all went on lockdown. So you could tell us what this was like to lead in during a incredible pandemic that no one ever expected. Dr. Pappas? Sure, thanks Roxanne. Uh, Roxanne um, I think this was certainly a challenging year, not only uh, for us as leaders, but uh, each of us as clinicians and you know members of our community. Um, I don't think we could have prepared ourselves for this, but in some ways, both our training as physicians and as leaders uh, is all about adapting to change. And so I'm, I'm most proud of so many things that we were able to do that maybe we didn't think we could. For example, uh, the leaders on the call today all came together uh, both for statements and to put guidelines out and to share best practices. Um, we had to pivot to an online meeting in two weeks, and so we, we shared that. So I think one of the things that um, was a challenge but was also one of the, the beauties, if you will, was seeing how people really came together and uh, we really needed to share those best practices and pretty quickly. Yeah, beautiful. It really was amazing how everyone did come together. Uh, Dr. Elkind? Sure. Uh, thanks, Roxana, and thanks for having us. I would say, uh, you know, initially, just on a personal note, um, back in March, uh, it, when the pandemic hit, my parents live in Nourishelle, which is like the one mile square area where the pandemic first struck in, in the United States. It was declared lockdown, I think, before any place else. So that was quite frightening. But I think, um, you know, what that led to was kind of a doubling down on, on learning and trying to understand what was going on with the, uh, the pandemic and uh, the, the kind of science behind the coronavirus. And so I, I became president in, uh, in, in July of last year. And so we were ramping up um, our research efforts at the Heart Association, really trying to do whatever we could to understand what was going on and have an impact on the field. You know, so we launched research grants, we developed uh, Get With The Guidelines COVID registry uh, and another registry on uh, cardiac outcomes in collegiate athletes with the American Medical Society of Sports Medicine, which speaks to kind of working together with others as well, other organizations, uh, and really try to um, help both professional education and also with public education, trying to remind people that, hey, even though there's a pandemic going on, if you think you're having a heart attack or a stroke, you need to get to the hospital right away. So we had this don't die of doubt campaign that we that we launched uh, at that time as well. Now we're doing a vaccine campaign to remind people about the importance of that. So I think kind of, you know, putting our efforts into how can we make a difference and how can we use the resources of our organization to have an impact in the midst of this crisis is how, yeah. how I coped with it. Incredible. And, uh, you know, the same thing. And I, I, I recall the American College of Cardiology as well with the, with, the, with the hub, the COVID hub that was put forth, the sharing that was done amongst everyone. Incredible, incredible work um, on, on, on every front, obviously. So now let's turn to Europe uh, before we go to the world. Uh, and um, Stefan, uh, uh, Professor Achenbach, Maybe you can tell us uh, what it was like uh, and um, how you felt you were leading and how your organization got through 2020. 
Yeah, thank you, Roxana. Once again, thanks for having us here. And it shows, you know, all of us leaders here together, united by you, that I think in the pandemic, the world really has moved together a little bit. Um, the feeling of being one community has become stronger. Now, as far as leading in the crisis, I think on one hand, it's easier to lead in a crisis because there's a clear goal. You have to get your institution or whatever you're responsible for through the crisis. So that makes it easier. You just have to communicate, 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 which of course has been a little bit more difficult because you cannot communicate in person. The difficult part is two, I would say. One is the unknown duration or evolution of how long this will take on. If you know it's one year and you can plan for one year and then it's over, that's easy. But the start was unclear and the end is also going to be unclear. It's not going to be one day where we say this pandemic is over. And how do you deal with this probably very long transition period? So that's one difficulty, the uncertainty. And the second one is, as leaders of organizations, we cannot just think of getting our organizations through this crisis. We have to plan longer. Everybody has to plan a few years, maybe a decade ahead. And we don't know what the future will look like after the pandemic. And of course, now we are focused on battling the pandemic, but we must not lose sight of the longer term goals. And I think that's very important as leaders. If you only focus on the crisis, you're not doing a good job. Wow, really, really uh, profound statements, uh, Professor Achenbach. Uh, it really is true. A common theme coming through, sharing, uh, as the president of the ACC told us, focus on research and communication, becoming one community, uh, from you and um, with a clear goal through communication and sharing, again, um, for the pandemic, but then keeping your eye on the ball. Um, let's go to the world. Uh, Professor Pinto, uh, president of the World Heart Federation, um, where, how, how, did, how did you keep focus of the world uh, during this time? Well, thank you, Roxanne. And, uh, uh, say hello to all the colleagues and it's a real pleasure to to be here actually for me it was a little bit easier because i just took office uh, a few weeks ago in uh, january so my role was to support uh, karen and to support the team at uh, whf and um, whf is uh, although it's a global organization but actually it's a relatively small uh, organization is a little bit like the un of cardiovascular issues and that's something that we really try uh, to convey this message and basically we work through our members like we have here Actually, we have here the strategic partners of WHF, ACC, AHA, and, uh, and, and DSC. But from a more personal standpoint, uh, what I felt, because I'm, I'm leading also the medical school here in, uh, in Lisbon, and uh, uh, we have a Dean's Council, and I was chairing that Dean's Council until the end of last year, and, uh, and there was a need for adaptation. There was a sudden change. You know, all the things that the colleagues said before, uh, we had basically, to, and we had to act, you know, and, and we had to show leadership. People were looking at us, and when you are leaders, you, you have, that's actually when you really have to show that you are able to lead, because basically people who depend on you, the community that depends on you is looking at you, and uh, uh, what sort of solutions do you have uh, to keep things moving? And so there was a big challenge at, the, at, at that time, because we had to, and that happened everywhere, you know, you had to basically to readapt. For instance, the teaching of the medical students, uh, we had at the same time, we, we had also to readapt at the hospital level, as all of you had to do, you know, in terms of uh, all the changes that had to be done. And as a leader, you, you have basically to do that with, uh, you know, all the things that have, uh, have been said before. 
But also, I think if there is something that this pandemic also taught us is to be humble. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's something that really, um, I think it, uh, it strikes all of us, you know, and, and how humble you, you feel when you're facing such a thing that nobody will predict, that change a lot of things, it changed a lot of lives, it changed a lot of, uh, had a major impact and is still having, uh, as you might know, for instance, even now, my country now is going through a, a very difficult process uh, right now, and, and that is being felt at, uh, at different levels. But I think, again, is how leadership is able to deal with the unknown, with the unpredictable, uh, that's a key to show real leadership, and that's where real leaders uh, show that they are able to lead. You know, when, when, the, when the, uh, it's like an airplane, you know, when, uh, yeah. when it's going in cruise control, it's easy. It's when you have the big challenges, you know, the, the thunderstorms and uh, when things are shaky yeah. that you, you show who's really able to lead and to be that's humble. Right. That's right. So something. leading through a crisis, I think you've all shared with us some of the key elements of sharing, communicating, becoming one community, humility, adaptation. These are the key words. Uh, did I miss anything? Are, are there any, are there any like one word, one, one important, most important characteristic in a leadership that you would say for others to learn from you? Um, Stefan? Well, the one thing I was, I was thinking about the whole time whether I should say it, but Fausto brought the example of the airplane that is getting in trouble. Your machinery has to be absolutely top-notch before the crisis comes. So mm -hmm. the leader should prepare for the next crisis by making sure that your organization works profoundly well, uh, is, you know, is stable, so that when you are in a crisis, whoever will at, be at the lead then can do all the maneuvers they need to do. In an organization, that means you know, that everybody has to work efficiently, the budget planning has to be uh, completely clear and efficient and all of these things, just like an airplane. When the trouble comes, you have to be ready. So that's something probably yeah. that you can learn for the future, that you should definitely be ready for the next one. You never know when the black swan comes around the corner. That's right. Well, um, I, I might, can, can I just make a comment? Yes, of course, Mitch. Yeah. Yes, please. I, I agree completely. And I would say, you know, we can think of this as the single crisis, but, but the fact is we're actually facing so many different crises at the same time. You know, so what the pandemic has done really has shown us that there were a lot of crises lurking just under surface you know a lot of people refer to this as a syndemic because it's a, a kind of a commingling of multiple pandemics simultaneously you know besides covid there's the economic crisis there's a crisis of structural racism there's an opioid crisis that we were all so concerned about before you know this loss of trust in institutions so all of these things really coming together tells us that a, a cri we've always been living in a crisis moment. You know, it's, it's not like, I, I think Stefan said it perfectly, we're not just gonna solve this and everything goes back to normal. There, there is no, you know, return to uh, a comfortable normal that we had before because we were always on the verge of, of a crisis like this. So we need to, I think, strengthen things uh, going forward in a way that, that we can handle these, all of these problems uh, continuously. Yeah, so well said. Um... Dr. Alkind, there we were in the middle of in the midst, especially in the U.S., and I'm sure similarly around the world and also in Europe, um, the the multitudes of issues that and and how the pandemic heightens all those others, uh, and also puts it in front. But let's now turn the corner. It's been it's 2021. Um, 
So what's the focus uh, for 2021? I wanna hear about each of the organizations and what you all hope to accomplish um, in 2021 and what you're looking forward to. So let's now start with you, Dr. Pinto, for the World Heart Federation. We'll go around the other way. Sure. Well, uh, the World Heart Federation, as I've mentioned, is, uh, is a big platform, uh, basically with, uh, with all the members. So uh, one of the key elements of a structure like the UN of cardiovascular uh, issues is to work with the members, side with the members, and uh, ensure that through the members it reaches out either at the national or continental level, uh, all the different aspects and all the different uh, uh, elements that uh, we've been, all of us have been basically fighting all over these years. The, the vision for WHF, and we just had our strategic planning uh, uh, rolled out for the next two years, is cardiovascular health for everyone. So uh, it's a very ambitious, of course, uh, goal, and it's a very ambitious vision. But uh, uh, we have, we can only accomplish that, and that actually goes together with the with the uh, w, with some of the, the WHO goals, and uh, in particular with the current uh, Director General in terms of uh, universal health coverage and uh, many aspects related with basically this concept of health for uh, everybody. And uh, in particular, in the cardiovascular field, there's a, a lot that has to be done. But we can only be, uh, we can only accomplish that if we can translate what we feel uh, is the goal, working very closely at the local, and be, local can be very specifically or can be more broad uh, level, and that's where the institutions or organizations, such as the ones that we have represented here, can have uh, a, major, uh, a major role. And then, of course, uh, a structure like WHF also has a little bit uh, the goal of reaching out to some areas of the world where Many times we don't pay so much. I mean, when I say we, you know, I'm being a little bit maybe with some prejudice, but uh, particularly from the West side. And uh, so low and middle income countries, it's also one of the areas where we, we try to have some focus. With my predecessor, with Karen Sliva, she's from South Africa, although German in origin, but uh, uh, she really much directed uh, in uh, one aspect related with how can we help and how can we and make more visible some of the issues and some of the problems in these countries and how can we reach out and help in establishing some activities that can help to overcome sometimes very simple things that we don't even think in the, in the, in the Western world. And we have a program which is called the Roadmaps, uh, which basically tries for major areas like diabetes, like hypertension, like even some neglected diseases like Chagas and rheumatic heart disease. Amazing. You know, to accomplish some, uh, 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 I say, some programs that then can be uh, worked out at the local level to overcome some of the roadblocks that may exist for that. Uh, A for fantastic that. vision for 2021: cardiovascular healthcare for everyone, low, middle, or high-income countries. I love it, um, Dr. Achenbach. Where are you? What's the vision and the goals and the focus of ESC for 2021? Yes, I mean, many activities of the ESC that we have been proud of and working hard continue just like they always have. For example, writing guidelines, making sure the journals are in order and all of these things. But then, of course, there are those activities that are most immediately affected by the pandemic, which is all the face-to-face -face that has been going on. We all had the same with our congresses, courses, and other events and meetings. And this is now, of course, all turned online. We made a decision very boldly, even last year, that we'll be completely focused on online delivery throughout the year, at least into the summer 2021. And this is what we're doing. 
So we're trying to develop the highest possible quality online programs and we tailor our programs already now for the course of the year to online. But we are aware that if the situation changes, we might be adding on on-site components. So we're turning it around rather than um, trying to react to the pandemic and uh, turning on-site into online, rather add on-site components if the situation responsibly allows to do this. And that's, this is the certain uncertainty transition period that we need to face. But our main focus is of course now highest quality online. I have no doubt that a few years from now, the online and on-site offerings will be parallel. It's like food, you can order food at home, but you will still go to restaurants. And you can order education to your home, but you will still go to congresses. The limbic system you know, must not be neglected. So I'm sure we are going to prepare ourselves for a double future, where both of these will be very strong components of what we do. Very important, double future, uh, worldwide education with a very, very easy access to top line education. Uh, I think I love that for ESC. Uh, Dr. Elkind, the focus for 2021 for the American Heart Association. Sure. Thanks, Roxana. So I would say, uh, you know, the, the AHA perhaps is a little bit different from some of the other organizations in that we are really a public health organization and we focus on uh, cardiac issues, cardiovascular disease, but also more broadly on stroke and on uh, brain disease and, and, and a host of other problems as well. So our focus certainly is on the professional education we've heard about. But also, I'd say more broadly, we are looking to advocate for improved uh, access and quality of care for all Americans and, and indeed for, for all global citizens, uh, making health insurance for everybody a real possibility, focusing on prevention, including uh, the social determinants of health. So making sure we can do whatever we can so that people get adequate education, housing, uh, safe air quality, water quality, healthy food, and so forth, because those things are really ultimately going to be much more impactful, perhaps, than, than some of the high technology solutions we have in, in medicine, and really improving our public health infrastructure overall uh, so, that, so that everybody can be uh, healthier and prepared when the next crisis comes. What, one thing we also didn't touch on is kind of the effect on careers of our young people that have been uh, kind of pushed, you know, aside in many ways by the pandemic. And I think this has struck women in particular. And this is some, perhaps this will be a topic for another conversation. But yeah. uh, I think that's something that our organization is also struggling to, uh, to overcome is the effect on young uh, practitioners. Thank you for that. Uh, wonderful. And now to the American College of Cardiology, Dr. Pappas. The focus for well, 2021. Uh, Yes, 2021 is, um, I think we're looking in a very positive way, as the others have, have commented. And one of the focuses that's congruent with the others is looking at how we're going to learn from this, how we're going to grow from this, um, and not just forget about these lessons learned. In particular, I think uh, Dr. Ferdinand described it as a sentinel event, if you will, that it's shown a bright light on uh, disparities. It's shown a bright light on some of our inefficiencies. Um, it's shown a bright light on, uh, for example, why we're not a digital um, uh, organization or a digital um, profession. So hoping to leapfrog with these both in education, I think as others have talked, so that we've learned we can broaden our reach by being virtual. 
Um, and utilizing innovation, look what we've done with telehealth, how we pivoted to that, but not lose that momentum um, and not go back to where we were, but move forward from that. So the, the, that's the, one of the primary focus. I think the other is we've learned we really need to take care of each other. So clinician wellness uh, and well-being, um, making sure that uh, people uh, are, have some resilience uh, and we're taking care of them and being um, thoughtful of their whole self, if you will. And last but not least, obviously, is health equity. Um, we've seen how it affects patients, it affects our profession, um, and with this, shining a bright light and making some tactical changes, um, both in the profession, uh, our organizations, and for our patients. So a lot to do, but um, I think as we've seen, um, we all have pretty congruent uh, goals, and uh, doing them together, we're certainly more powerful. So such a pleasure to be here with everybody. That's fantastic. So uh, you touched on so many important topics that I think is hitting home for all of these leaders. Uh, what a fantastic uh, morning roundup and uh, a great, great hope for the future. Um, so let's end on a positive. Um, what are you, what's the, and we're, we're just in a very short, sweet note uh, to everyone who's listening. What positive note do you have? Let's, I'm gonna go around the Hollywood Square here with uh, uh, Dr. Elkind first, and then I'll come around to everyone else and we'll end as we started with Dr. Pappas. So Dr. Elkind, what positive uh, message do you have for everyone? All cardiologists and patients and everyone who, who cares about cardiovascular health. Um, I would say that we have learned a tremendous amount this year about, I think, each of ourselves as individuals, about our organizations, uh, and, and how we can best achieve things if we work together. Uh, I think that's going to be the, the leading message that we take away from this uh, past year. Wonderful. Dr. Achenbach, Professor Achenbach? Yeah, I think a positive is that we've all seen that we can shed the unnecessary and focus on what is really necessary, and that should give us strength for the future. Fantastic. Professor Pinto? Well, we'll get over this, that's for sure, and, uh, and we'll get stronger. I think uh, what it showed to us was uh, we can work together, we have to work together, we depend on each other, and I think we'll come up stronger um, after all this uh, uh, pandemic, as, uh, as you mentioned, uh, uh, will, um, will be over. But there's going to be a lot of challenges uh, in the future, and that could be another talk. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Pappas? Uh, the positive is the power of knowledge and scientific exchange and making sure that uh, we disseminate that knowledge uh, and have the strength of our conviction and backed up by compassion for our patients and our colleagues. Oh, beautiful. I couldn't have said it better. What a fantastic opportunity to chat with you all. How lucky we are to have these amazing leaders at the helm during this most, most challenging years, uh, but also keeping the North always there, the focus on the North for improving cardiovascular health in our patients. Uh, with leaders like you, the, the future is extremely positive for cardiovascular health. And I know that together as one, we can just achieve so much. Thank you so much for making time for me for, on Rock's Heart Radio. Uh, and uh, until we meet in person, I thank you all and I wish you all um, fantastic 2021 in your leadership roles. Thank you.